0: Lord, we thank you so much for this uh, this day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for celebrations. Thank you that we could celebrate celebrate you, Lord God, and what you've done these 7 years and the many years before that that led up to the launch of Generations Church. We want to honor you today. And we're very thankful, Lord for who you are, and what you've done, and what you'll continue to do and be. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you watched the video or just thinking about it, if you thought of memories, especially that first video when you started. I don't know if uh, memories started to pop up in your mind. But uh, certainly, I think we can all understand and agree, memories are very powerful, right? Memories are very powerful. Memories kind of connect us with our senses, right? Right? Our senses connect with our memories and it brings us back to those joyful moments, those times, those great times that we could think of. And it's amazing how God created us that our senses connect us to memories. I don't know if you can think of that, but how many of you are very visual, right? Things that we see, we immediately connect to memories, That's why I take a lot of pictures on my phone. I take a lot of pictures so that it'll remind me of things that, you know, of times past. Because I have a terrible memory, so I'll forget things. So I take pictures so I can visually, it'll visually help me remember certain moments. How many of you have smells that you can immediately bring, it brings you back to certain memories? There are certain smells... That when you smell it, you're like, oh, this reminds me of something. Whenever, to this day, whenever I see oranges or I smell oranges, it reminds me of a a birthday that Jamie surprised me with. She took me on a hot air balloon ride and we went over Temecula and we brushed over the tops of orange groves. And the immediate smell of oranges just reminds me of that moment. Perhaps you have different smells that that trigger fond memories. Maybe it's sounds. If you love music, to this day, when I hear certain songs, it brings me back to my childhood. I'm an an 80s kid, right? So, you know, I still haven't outgrown 80s music and stuff. And so, when I hear certain songs, it brings me back to certain memories. Even certain car rides. Right? So, auditory, things that we hear, certain sounds, brings us back to a certain time. So memories are powerful. Memories can be so great because it reminds us of things that we've enjoyed or those great moments. Of course, memories can also seemingly betray us too, right? Just as memories can bring us back to very fond memories... It seems like sometimes our senses betray us because sometimes it reminds us of things that we wish we forgot. Whether it's smells, sights, things that trigger that we look back and we're like, man, I wish I never would have remembered those things. Some of us have those things. Some of us have memories that we wish we never ever remember. Sometimes like, God, I wish we didn't have any memory so I wouldn't have to go back to that place. But memories are not all about the past, right? Memories aren't all about the past. Memories are very much about our present and future as well. As much as memories can haunt us, memories are so important for us in the present and in the future. They remind us of why we celebrate today. They remind us of why we continue to celebrate things. Why we have hope to look forward to. Because we have these memories. They help shape our outlook going forward. So that's why today is very much a celebration of the past. Things that we remember. But they're also a great celebration and reminders of what we have to look forward to. Of our present day. And so today we're going to take a pause and mark, and we're going to look at a passage in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter eight. And there's a, a single message that centers in this, in this passage. The title of today's message is, "Remember. Remember." We're going to hear that message throughout this passage. Remember. Now, give you a little bit of context of Deuteronomy chapter 8. God had sent Moses to deliver his people out of bondage in Egypt, right? You all know the story of Moses and the people in Egypt, they're enslaved. And God sent these plagues to make Pharaoh say, you know, let my people go, but Pharaoh refused. So God was going to send a final plague that the first, each firstborn was going to be killed. And God made provision for his people to be delivered and saved from this judgment. We looked at that with Passover, if you remember. So Moses led the people into the wilderness. Forty years they wandered, and a whole generation had to die out before the people entered into the promised land. We'll get to a minute why. So here at Deuteronomy 8, Moses is about to lead the people into the promised land. But God had a message for this younger generation that was going to inherit the promised land that God had for his people. So we're going to look at what his message was to this generation. Deuteronomy chapter 8 says, all the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord." Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. It's kind of interesting. I've got to take a, take a break on that. Pause that for a second. That's kind of interesting. You know, yesterday uh, I moved some stuff with, with Josiah and stuff. He did a little bit of a very minor physical labor, but it was, it was a little physical exercise in there. And afterwards, we were laying down, and, and, and I had my, my bare feet up, and Jamie's like, Mike, your feet are swollen. Like my feet are swollen. What are you talking about? I'd look, I look. I can't tell what my feet are swollen. I said, Yeah, your feet are swollen. You know, and Michaela's like, Oh yeah, Daddy, definitely your feet are swollen. I'm like, You don't even know, right? But just a little bit of exertion, apparently my feet swell. But God's saying, Over those forty years, your feet didn't even swell. All that wandering, your feet did not swell. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs, Fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you shall eat food without scarcity, in which you shall not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron, and of whose hills you can dig copper. Verse 10 And when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware. Lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. Lest when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart becomes proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. In the wilderness he fed you manna which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your hearts, My power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth, that He may, comfort, he may confirm His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And it shall come about, if you ever forget the Lord your God, And go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, why are we looking at this passage? Now, let me be clear. I am not equating GCLA's history with the Israelites' experience in the wilderness or in slavery, all right? You all did not come out of slavery, all right? That's not what I am saying, okay? I'm not equating celebrating the Israelites being delivered from Egypt and going to the promised land with us here at ACS, okay? I'm not equating that. That would be a bit hyperbolic for me to make those two parallels, okay? I'm especially not paralleling our experience now with Deuteronomy 8. And one of the main reasons why, because Moses here is giving this message to the Israelites, right? Before entering the promised land. He delivered them all the through that time. But you know what? He couldn't go into the promised land. He died shortly after delivering this message. So I am not equating their experience with our experience, because far as I know, God has not told me that I'm not I'm, I'm I'm expiring, right? So I'm hopefully not making that same parallel. Okay, I don't think this is my last message, but hopefully it's not. But if it is, do me a favor and pay attention. All right. But if I was a parent, if you're a parent here, and you have a lot of life advice, I would boost this up to the top of the list of adi- advice you give your children. Here the the emphasis of God's message here is to this next generation of Israelites entering into the promised land. And this message is to treasure and remember. Treasure and remember. Why do I say treasure? It's interesting in verse 1 and 6, two times in verse 1 and 6, the Lord emphasizes this word. Careful to do or keep. Right? Verse 1 says, All the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall what? Be careful to do. And verse 6, he says, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord. Same word. Okay? Twice he brings this up Be careful to do or keep. This Hebrew word for careful to do or keep, what does it mean? It means to keep. To guard, to watch over, to observe, and this is what I love about this, to treasure up in memory, okay, this word to keep or to observe, to be careful to do, right, to guard, watch over, observe, treasure up in memory, See, when we think about obeying like God's commands, we think about obeying, right? We think about just like doing whatever is told. But this word means more than just obeying. It means to guard it, preserve it, protect it, value it, treasure it, put it to memory, treasure it in your memory, and do this continuously, Think about it. How many of you would say you have a treasure? Anything you treasure? If there was a fire, it's the first thing you would grab. I don't know if it's your cell phone, your laptop, your hard drive, your pictures, your money, your jewelry, hopefully you remember your family, you know, whatever it may be. Whatever your treasure is, is something that you guard and you protect and you value it and you want to preserve it. How many of you have maybe perhaps a life motto? Something you live by. Certain words that you would just say, this is what I live by, I protect, that sets me on my course of whatever I want to live, I want to guard this. I protect this. See, this is what the Lord is saying. He's not just saying, do what I tell you to do. He says, my words I give to you, guard it. Protect it. Treasure it like it's your own. Like you value it more than anything. God specifies, keep the commandments of the Lord your God to what? To walk in his ways and fear him. See, it's not just do what I tell you to do. He says, here's the ways in which I tell you to live. Walk in my ways. Fear the Lord. You think, what do you mean fear the Lord? He's not talking about the kind of fear that we fear like a boogeyman. Or the kind of fear that you fear the meanest teacher in your, in your, your school year, right? He's not talking about that kind of fear. He's talking about a deep, deep, great reverence and respect and awe of the mighty God. That there's such fear of the Lord, like, you know what? God, I don't want to even be found straying away from you. I don't want to even be found being disobedient to you because, Lord God, you are a holy God. I don't want to disappoint you. You may think, well, you know, Pastor Mike, I've heard this so many times. Obey God. Walk in His commandments. Fear the Lord. Why should we do that? Why is it important for us to treasure up His Word? To walk in His ways? To fear God? Notice what God says to Moses in verse 1. All the commandments that I'm commanding you today you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. In verses 7 through 9, the Lord declares He is giving you this plentiful land. He's giving you in bountiful amounts You will never be in need or want in what I'm giving you. What's God saying? Be careful, guard my words and what I'm saying to you and how you're to live because I am going to bless you. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which I have given you. Notice in verse 16, The Lord brought them through trials Provided for them throughout. For what? To do good for you in the end. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe when we're going through those trials to imagine that God has good for us in the end. It's hard sometimes, especially when we're in the trials. And it seems like we're never getting out of it. God says to them, Treasure my words, because I have good for you in the end. See, God doesn't just want our obedience simply just to obey him. It's not as if he's trying to control us. Sometimes we feel that way. If you grew up in a household where parents are very controlling. So for the kids, obedience means I'm being controlled and told what to do. And we think of God the same way, as if God is trying to control us. Why does God require obedience? Why does God have to tell us, remind us to follow his ways? Really, I think it's to save us from ourselves. It's to save us from ourselves. As a parent, if you see your child going the wrong way, you're saying, stop. Stop. You're going the wrong direction and you plead for them to stop. You're trying to save them from themselves. Treasure his words because he wants to bless us. He wants us to have right relationship with him. God wants to have a good relationship with you. And sometimes we need to realize and recognize we need saving from ourselves. Because we want to do what we want, how we want it, and we can't see the warning signs on our own. But along with this, this idea of treasure, God also gives this strong command. He tells them to remember. Verses 2 and verses 18 and you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God. But you shall remember the Lord your God. What does God want them to remember? Look what he says in verse 2 And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments. Or not. God charges them to remember their past. And specifically, remember the time in the wilderness. The trials in the wilderness. Remember. What does it say what that wandering in the wilderness was about? This is what God did in the wilderness, in those times of trials. He says, one, he humbled the people. That time in the wilderness, those trials, was a time of humbling. The people experienced hunger. And they complained, if you remember the stories. We had more food in Egypt, we had meat, we had all these things. Why did you leave us out here and experience hunger? And so, what did he do? He provided miraculous manna for the people to eat. But he did it so that they can experience that God is enough. We can rely on God's provision. He also said he tested the heart of the people to test to see what was in their hearts. What was their faithfulness? Why were they faithful? Were they going to be faithful In the midst of adversity. Would they stay true? Marriages, when they are tested, they reveal the substance and the content of the love they have for each other. Families, when you go through trying times, it reveals the substance of the relationships. Friendships The same way, when you go through adversity, you get to know who are truly your friends. As a church, when you go through adversity, those times reveal the conditions of your heart. Why do we come to church? What do we truly love? And in the wilderness, God has showed that time of testing revealed the people's hearts. And the last thing that happened in the wilderness, God says, he said he disciplined the people like a father does a son. That word discipline, to correct. He had to have them go through a time of trials to correct the way they were going. The people were coming from a time of Egypt where there was idolatry. They were enslaved. They were in bondage. They had a condition of how to think and what they were going to desire. And that time when the wilderness was there to correct the way they were thinking, the way they were living, what they were doing. So I had to have you go through this time so that you would see and understand not only me, but what was in your own heart. They had to experience those things. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, the trials that we go through, we experience these things. We'll get to that in a second. So he says to remember the past. But also, he says, remember the present. Remember the Lord's empowerment and his provision. Look what he says in verse 18. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. What's he saying? He says, remember, it is me who gives you power to do anything. It is me who provides for you. It is me who gives you these promises. I will uphold my promises. See, God's saying, remember, not just what I did, but what I go before you for. Any wealth you receive, any prosperity you receive, anything good that you have, I have empowered you. I have given to you. I've allowed you to experience. Remember me in your present. Remember me going forward, what I have given to you. See, whatever success, whatever plenty you may have, remember, don't get it twisted. It is the Lord that is giving to you, enables you, graciously allows you to experience and have. He shows himself faithful. He stays true to his promises. He remembers the promise he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, this day, I am meeting my promise. I'm fulfilling my covenant I made with them. I'm giving to you. Along with this, this, along with God calling them to remember, He warns them to not forget. Why does He say that? Have your parents ever done this, or maybe your spouse or your teacher? Okay, remember, remember this assignment. Remember to clean your room. Remember to go pick up something from the store. Okay, and they say, what do they say next? Don't forget. Right? We were good with them reminding us, right? But when they say, do not forget, we get a little aggravated. Like, why are you saying that? I'm not going to forget. And then what do we do? We forget. Jamie had something to give, uh, to bring to church, to give. And she sent me a message. Okay, I have it already. I put it on the door when you leave. You know what she said? Don't forget. Why does she say don't forget? Because I have a history of forgetting. Right? The word remember is not enough for us. Remember this. Don't forget. See, God has a message to remember, but he warns them to not forget what? Do not forget the Lord. Verse 11. Beware lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes what I'm commanding you today. Lest when you've eaten and satisfied you build good houses and you have herds and flocks and multiply you have all this abundance. Then your heart becomes proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Verse 17, otherwise you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand has made me wealth. He says, and it shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them. He says, I testify against you today, you shall surely perish like the other nations. Strong words. Notice what God says will happen if we neglect to treasure His commands, treasure His words. We neglect to protect it, to guard it, to value it. What does He tell the people? You're going to forget the Lord. And when you forget the Lord... Pride is going to set in. Pride's going to set in. And then what else? Unfaithfulness. If we're honest with ourselves, if we can look back in times, we follow this pattern so well. We neglect to treasure God's word, we don't value it in our life. We say, you know what, God, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for later. And then we we enjoy any kind of success, any kind of prosperity, any kind of victories, whatever it is, we say, Oh, look what I did. Or look what I can achieve. Look what I was able to accomplish. And so then we say, You know what? We can do it again, and we can do it again, and we can do it again. And what we end up doing is we get so consumed with pride. We find ourselves chasing other idols, other gods, and we forget the Lord. Israel's experience and one of the sets a really good picture for us. Again, I'm not applying our situation with them, but there are certain messages and principles that we see from their experience that we can certainly translate to us today. Some things I want, I want us to marinate about and think about as a church, thinking about his experience, thinking about God's message to the people of Israel and how it relates to us. The first thing I want us to really kind of sink in is to treasure and remember the word of the Lord. Treasure it. Guard it. David describes the Lord's commandments and the fear of the Lord as being more desirable than gold, sweeter also than honey. Are any of us at that place where like, you know what? This is more desirable than Money. Can we say God's word is more valuable than my paycheck can ever be? Can we say that when I hear God's word, you're not looking, you're not thinking about the, 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 the juicy pork buns, you're not thinking about whatever food you like, but I want to hear the word of God because it's like sweeter than honey. I have an appetite for God's word. I want to hear it. I want it, it just oh, it's like food for my soul. Treasure it, guard it. Desire it like your flavor, favorite flavor of ice cream. Practice it. Journal it. Record it. Record what God has done in your life. Take note of it. Share it with somebody. If you're going to forget, tell it to somebody who will remember so they can remind you, hey, you know what? Remember a year ago when you shared this with me? And look where you're at now. Look what God has done. Humble ourselves with the heart of faithfulness and gratitude. Seek the Lord, not having to prove yourself independent. God, I can do this on my own. I can achieve on my own. Let me prove it to myself first. God said, can you just humble yourself? Can I be enough for you? And if I'm enough for you, can you be okay with what I can provide for you? Yeah, you're going to do work. You're going to have to study still. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to do these things. But if the results is something that I provide for you, can you be content with that? Can you say, God, I humble myself before you? And then can I remember the Lord in my presence? We want the Lord's power and provision going forward. You think about this as a church and personally together. As a church, you're going to remember, you're going to think about the previous seven years. And for those of you who have been here for the last seven years, from the beginning to now, you can think, when you think of trials, I'm sure there's many things you think about. All that you went through, COVID, all the years before. But can you see the Lord's faithfulness throughout? And when we look forward, can we say, you know, God... Anything good that you you can do in this church is because you've provided, you've empowered, and you've stayed true to your promises. And that's what I want from you. That's what I want from us. That we're going to treasure his word. We're going to guard it. We're going to walk in his ways, his promises, and say, God, we want what you have set before us. For me individually, for my family, and for my church family. God, I want that. I want to guard it and protect it and walk in your ways. Memories are a powerful thing. Whether it's good memories or bad memories, they're important to us. It reminds us of what we need to remember. It reminds us of the lessons we need to learn. But it reminds us of the hope that we have going forward. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word. You have given us your promises. And that, Lord, in the trials that we face, you're leading us. And sometimes, Lord, we are humbled, sometimes we need humbling. And these trials, Lord, sometimes we need correcting. We need to correct the, the old ways, the old thoughts, the old desires. We need to learn what it means for the Lord to be enough for us. I pray if there's anyone who's going through trials right now, I pray that you would see the Lord's hand in your trials. It may be hard now, but he, has, he desires good for you in the end. Thank you, Lord God, that we celebrate you, Jesus. We praise you in your name. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship together.